Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Carrie. And, and we're, we're identical, identical twins. twins. We are so excited to talk to you about all things related to church music here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Now each week we will break down a hymn. It could be an old favorite or it could be one you've never heard of. But it is our prayer that you will worship with us no matter what song it is. So let's get started here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Hi everyone. Hi everyone. We're back. Episode 51, I'm Carrie. I'm Kelly. And, and we're, we're identical, identical twins. twins. We are so excited to be back. Yes. You know, 50 was a huge episode. I know. I feel like we're kind of on a high right now. Like, we are still celebrating 50. Mm -hmm. We feel like we have this big milestone. Mm -hmm. And 51 kind of seemed a little bit of a downer. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and we really didn't know what we were going to do for today. And um, thanks to our listeners, thanks to our lovely, loyal followers, yeah. we were able to come up with something special that we hope you all will love. Yes. But before we get into that, mm -hmm. the other way we really want to make 51 special is to do a big giveaway. giveaway. <laughs> we have our giveaway song. We haven't used that in a while. No, we haven't. Okay, so we thought, let's do a giveaway mm -hmm. because let's just keep the excitement going. Now, we are putting this together for you. It's like a special package. Yes, it's our biggest giveaway yet. Yes. And we really want to thank you. We want to thank you for, you know, showing us the love on social media. Yep. We got lots of tags and comments and requests. and Lots of good feedback about the previous 50 episodes. Yes. So let's make the next 50 pretty awesome. And let's start with this awesome giveaway. Right. So we're going to put this on our social media. Mm -hmm. You're going to like comment, share, everything you do will get you entered into the giveaway and you could win this lovely Hymn Talk Twin Talk assortment of prizes. I mean, do you think someone else would win besides our mother? Yes, we did. <laughs> we did the, the, the CD, right? Yeah. This is a CD. It's another CD of someone we met on Instagram. Yep. Her name is Raluca. Now, Raluca loves the hymns mm -hmm. just as much as we do and she uh, recorded a hymn CD, all instrumental piano music, all your favorite hymns. So we're going to give away her CD. Mm -hmm. We're also going to give away Hymns of Note. Yes. William Long wrote Hymns of Note Volume 1 and came on the show to talk about the amazing hymn, Tis, Tis so, so Sweet, sweet to, to Trust in Jesus. Jesus. Now, if you have not heard Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus, you have to go back and listen. Because, I mean, William gave a great interview and he talked about his book. But of course, Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus is like an amazing song. I mean, that was episode 33. Wow. So go back and listen to that. We're going to give away volume two. Right. He just published it. Um, and we love it. Yeah. So you're going to get a beautiful hymn CD by Raluca, our piano-playing hymn-loving friend. You're going to get Hymns of Note by William Long, volume two. And we're giving you this little, look, can you see it? This little silver charm of a church. Mm -hmm. A little silver plated charm. You can put this on your necklace. You can put it even on a bracelet, mm -hmm. a charm bracelet. A keychain. Yep. Yeah. And if you're a guy and you're not into charms, I'm sure there's someone you can give it to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Don't let that stop you mm -hmm. from entering the giveaway. <laughs> All right. But Carrie, episode 51 is more than just the giveaway. Oh, my goodness. We actually have a song. We do. old hymn. I mean, I say that it's a brand new hymn, but it's not. Well, it's new to us. It's totally new to us. Mm -hmm. Okay, so We didn't know how to pick this next hymn, no. and so we went to our requests. People write us. They send us emails. This was a, a DM on Instagram. Right. She has a lovely page. She's called Bloom and Grow Workroom, and she's an artist. Yes. She does beautiful mixed media stuff. Yes, collage, yep. paint, and she has made one for every psalm. She's on Psalm 132 right now. It's amazing. It's amazing she's very very talented mm -hmm. and um you know she was like a speech and language pathologist right. but she always kept her love for art right she was very creative and they ended up moving they started in kentucky which is where she heard this hymn so we're going to tell you about it okay and she eventually moved to pennsylvania she has two daughters she has grandchildren and she's actually caring for some ailing parents mm -hmm. and her daughter betsy recommended to her use your art use your art to maybe encourage other people who might be in the same boat so that's what started it all bloom and grow look for her on etsy we'll share her info yeah we'll totally share look for her on instagram this was her 
him. Yeah. So this is for you, Margaret. She said when she was a little girl, she would go to the weekly hymn sings. They were the Sunday evening really? service, just hymn singing. I want to do that. I mean, I, that's awesome. <laughs> so you come back to church on Sunday night to just sing. And she said as a little girl, she would raise her hand and request this song Every time. And now she gets to hear all about it. Right. Now, what is a hymn that you remember from your childhood? If you were a girl in the pew and you raised your hand, what hymn would you say? Don't don't say it. We're going to do our twin telepathy. I mean, I feel like I say it all the time. Really? Do we say it all the I time? I feel like I say it. It's like the hymn from my childhood. All right. Let's do it at the uh, same time. Okay. Ready? Ready? One, two, three. What, what a friend, friend we have in Jesus! Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> we're twins. I mean, that's the song from my childhood. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like I would have raised my hand yeah. and, and, and requested it. I mean, honestly, if you haven't listened to What a Friend We Have in Jesus, that was episode 19. We loved that yes. one. I just it was I love it. Very near and dear to our hearts. Yep. So in this episode 51, we're telling you to go back and listen to 19 and 33. <laughs> <laughs> and we're also asking for your requests. Yes. If you're like Margaret and you have a hymn from your childhood that you'd love to revisit, please let us know. All right. Are you ready to tell them yes. Margaret's request? Yes. All right. It's a good one. It's The, the Little Brown Church. And honestly, that's why we're including that little church pendant in our giveaway yes. this month. So the Little Brown Church, we have never heard no. of this church. We've never heard of this song. Nope. We've never heard of this hymn writer. No. This is brand new to us. So Margaret requests it. She says she remembers it from her childhood, but she actually compares the hymn to Great is Thy Faithfulness. She says that as when she was a kid sitting in the pew, she was in an old church. She was in an older congregation. But when she sang this hymn, it reminded her of an older church that, you know, the faith has gone on through generations and generations. And it told her that God was faithful through it all. Those words are never explicitly said in the hymn. Mm -hmm. But even as a young age, it kind of reminded her of the fact that, they were people that have gone before her, and God was faithful to them just as they're faithful to her. And I think we're going to spend some time talking about, you know, sort of the sentimental, nostalgic quality of hymns. Mm -hmm. People love hymns because of what they remember. Right. It is from their childhood. Mm -hmm. But I would say go and reach out to the older members of your faith community. Go and talk to your grandparents. Find out what their favorite hymn is. And why? And why? Because I bet you it would open up a whole right. slew of stories that you had never heard before. You know, hearing her talk about her old, old church, it was in Brandenburg, Kentucky. It was very small. She sat in the same pew each week with her family. And uh, I bet there's stories there that she would share, but we don't think to ask. So ask. All right, so you might not know the Little Brown Church, so we're going to sing it for you. Oh, I cannot wait to hear from people. Please let us know if you sang the song in your church growing up or if you still do. Right. I'm dying to know. We did find this hymn in 173 hymnals, which to me is amazing. Right. Because Great Is Thy Faithfulness was like 176 hymnals. Right. So for all intents and purposes, this is equally as popular. Mm-hmm. But no. we did have different titles. So we called it the Little Brown Church. Mm -hmm. And then it is often referred to as it's from the first line. There's a church in the valley by the Wildwood. And then in this particular one that I'm looking at, it says the church in the Wildwood. So it's all the same. It's all about the Little Brown Church. <laughs> all right, let's sing it for them. Okay. There's a church in the valley by the wildwood, no lovelier spot in the dale. No place is so dear to my childhood as the little brown church in the vale. Oh, come, 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 come. Come to the church in the wildwood. Oh, come to the church in the vale. No spot is so dear to my childhood as the little brown church in the vale. <laughs> that is so cute. I think it's 
it's cute. I think it's, it's fun. Super cute. And I can totally see why a, a little girl, like when Margaret was little, right. why she thought that was super fun. I know. And I think it's funny because we've talked about songs from our childhood yeah. that were fun. Fun. I mean, what a friend we have in Jesus isn't fun. So what is the fun? fun song that right. we remember from our childhood. You're sitting in the pew, you're hearing all the voices, so it's maybe not the most like sentimental, but right. it was just fun to sing and it's a memory you have. Right. And still today when we sing it, oh, I love it. For sure. I have I have one. Ready? Let's see if our twin telepathy is working. Ready? One, one two, two, three. He, he lives. lives. <laughs> We're twins. <laughs> we had the same childhood. We did have the same childhood. Um, he Lives is another great one. We did He Lives on Him Talk Twin Talk. <laughs> Episode 26. We're telling you to go back and listen to another one. So that is such a sweet song. Thank you, Margaret, for bringing mm -hmm. it to our attention. So you just heard the first verse and the refrain. Why don't we um, just read the rest of the verses? I'll play a little bit on the piano. I mean, it's very cute. So I'll play it. You read it. Mm -hmm. And take a look at these verses. All of these words are written by a hymn writer named William Savage Pitts. Verse 2. Oh, come to the church in the wildwood, to the trees where the wildflowers bloom, where the parting hymn will be chanted, we will weep by the side of the tomb. How sweet on a clear Sunday morning to list to the clear ringing bell. Its tones so sweetly are calling. Oh, come to the church in the vale. From the church in the valley by the wildwood, when day fades away into night, I would fain from the spot of my childhood wing my way to the mansions of light. So, it doesn't take a lot of time to figure out that that song does not mention God or, or Jesus or the Bible or salvation or sin or praising God. It's a beautiful hymn about a church. Right. So, this hymn is not sung very often anymore. I wonder if that comes into play a little bit. It is not the most worshipful song I've ever heard. Well, I read a quote about it. There was an article about it that I read, and it said it's actually a shame that it's not being sung anymore. Schools aren't singing it, you know, in the, with their classes because it's too religious. Right. And churches aren't singing it because it's not religious enough. Right. But let's just dig a little bit into the lyrics because there are some references. Right. And I think this might be a reason why it's taken at a slower tempo. In verse 2, it's talking about the church. And they'll, they say that they'll sing a parting hymn, you know. So a lot of us sing hymns at the end of yeah. the service. And it specifically says, we will weep by the side of the tomb. So you just have to wonder, whose tomb is it? Why are we weeping? I mean, I don't really understand that, Kelly. I think it's Jesus. But why are we weeping? We're celebrating he's alive. Is this supposed to be a Good Friday hymn? No, I just don't think it finishes the story. Then the next verse is about listening to the bells. So maybe those bells are the bells that are rung on Easter. Come to the church in the veil. It's, maybe it's Easter. Come to the church. And then the fourth verse actually says, day fades away into night. He would gladly go back to the spot of his childhood. Wing my way to the mansions of light. What does that sound like so it's like, a reference to? Well, it definitely sounds like going to heaven. So you go back to the church, and then you fly to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wish we could ask him. But I, I think that the phrase, day fades away into night, right. is, you know, life going over into death. And right. maybe he's he wishes he could go back, but he, he goes to mansions of light. So they're really vague references to the Bible, vague references of Jesus, vague references of, you know, what happens to us if we're saved after we die. But again, when you are trying to sing songs to worship and glorify God, this song actually presents more questions. Right. No one knows your heart, right, except for God. So when you're singing it in your heart, you could be glorifying and worshiping God. Um, but it doesn't really happen in the words. Right. So I think we just need to look at the Bible. Like, what does the Bible say about gathering for church? What does the <laughs> Bible say? I mean, it's very clear from the from the very beginning, God wanted his people to gather. Right. Find a group of believers, commune with them, and do it regularly. Right. Um. All right. So the Bible, I mean, there's many, many verses. 
So, I mean, in Acts, this is right, you know, after Jesus leaves and the people are left. And what are they supposed to do? Right. They have to start churches. They have to start a church. Acts chapter two, verses 46 to 47. We read every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So when you're gathering Mm -hmm. and worshiping and eating together and learning together, God will grow you. And then with these people, we read in the book of Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 and 20, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. That's our church. Right. And what are we doing in church? We're singing. We're worshiping. We're reading the scripture. We jump to 2 Timothy. This is one of my favorite Mm. Bible verses. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So the church, you're supposed to grow and learn there, and then you're supposed to go out into the world to do God's work. I mean, sometimes we look at a hymn and it is just full of scripture, and you know those are our favorites. Right, they're like quoting scripture. Right. We don't see that in Little Brown Church, but we can look at the words and and totally appreciate and understand the importance of that building, Mm -hmm. of that church. And there are people out there who have like their favorite old church. Other people worship in like the center of the mall. Right, right. Other people are in school settings. I mean, wherever you worship, it it is your church. But, you know, there's nothing like that old maybe brick church or Mm -hmm. stone church. We have a lot of quaint churches here in New England. Oh, we do. So, I mean, I guess... Yes, you could say that one of the reasons we could infer that one of the reasons why the hymn isn't widely popular now is because it really isn't evangelistic in nature. It's not really telling the story of God and Jesus. But one of the other reasons why it may not be popular is it has some old fashioned words. Yeah. Some old fashioned words. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I went to the dictionary to look them up. Well, I have a vocab quiz for Carrie. Oh, it's a pop quiz. Let me play my music. <laughs> All right. What is it? So I have some words from the hymn that I had to look up. So I have multiple choice. You at home can play along too. (laughs) What did these old words mean? Okay. The word is wildwood. So is it A, a large flat area, usually full of wildflowers or weeds? Mm. B, a forested area named after the explorer William Wilde? (laughs) Okay. Or a wood growing in the wild or natural state? I think it's the first one with the flowers. I made that one up. Oh, I like that one. No wildflowers. The wild wood is a wood growing in the wild or natural state. All right. Okay, what about a dale? D-A-L-E. Is this a dark area enclosed by tall trees? Is it a valley or a broad valley? Or is it an area in woods with a brook running through? I thought a dale was a valley. It is a valley, especially a broad one. <laughs> vale. Um, is it farmland, a valley, or a landlocked area? I mean, how many words can we use for valley? I feel like it's not a valley. Let's say um, farmland. It's a valley. <laughs> they actually <laughs> rhyme. Why did he... <laughs> Oops. There it is. I mean, why? They rhyme. There's no need to switch out the words. And they, Dale and Vale all mean the Both. exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And then Valley means the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, the word Vale, Carrie, had an alternate definition. Okay. And the alternate definition was the world or earthly life. So it's almost like if, if our guy Pitts 
thought of this alternate definition. It's almost like he was affirming that this place is here on earth. It's right. not some heavenly church. I don't know if that's what he meant, but there is an alternate word. Okay. All right. I wonder how our listeners at home were on that vocab quiz. We love a good vocab quiz. So if you're singing a song where you actually have to look up the words, maybe people don't want to do that. Well, I mean, the thing is, is that if you really don't know what Wildwood is exactly, I mean, right. you can still figure it right. out. That yeah. is true. Yeah. Now. I think what's cool about this yeah. hymn, though, is that even though it doesn't seem popular to us, mm -hmm. even though we don't sing it, it's not in our hymnal, it actually has been popular with so many singers. Yes. I mean, maybe not singers like recently, no. but hi, Dolly Parton has a version yeah. of it. A beautiful version. We have to listen. We have to share it. Oh, yeah. We'll totally share it. Actually, Ella Fitzgerald has a version. Mm. It was from 1967. Her album was called Bright in the Corner. Mm. So it was first recorded in 1924 by the Jenkins family. And the most recent was in 2003 by June Carter Cash. Wow. Now, June Carter Cash recorded this. It's the fourth and final album we have from her. It's called Wildwood Flower. And it was released in 2003. Now, this is released four months after her death and only a few days before the death of Johnny Cash. And Johnny oh. Cash provides the backing vocals on the album. And so this album, Wildwood Flower, is actually his final release ever of his lifetime. Because it was just, it was the last thing he did. Wow. Yeah. One of the reasons why it also maybe became popular and spread was because between the years 1910 and 1941, there was a traveling barbershop quartet group. <laughs> they were called the Weatherwax Quartet. They traveled all throughout Canada and the United States, and their theme song was The Church in the Wildwood. Wow. And, I mean, this is a group that successfully performed and toured for 30 years. But now that we've sung and heard it, can you picture oh. a barbershop quartet it singing it? It would be it? way better in it's a barbershop so quartet fun. than us. All right, so we're going to share Dolly Parton, June Carter Cash, Ella Fitzgerald, and the Weatherwax Weather Quartet. I think that's awesome. Mm -hmm. And now you might be surprised to know that the Church in the Wildwood, this song, has been in the movies. Ooh, we haven't had this segment in a while, Karen. We love Let's Go to the Movies. We love when we can find hymns and songs in movies. So it's actually not quite the movies, but <laughs> we have a TV series called Big Love in 2006. It was in one episode called Home Invasion. We had it heard in Matlock. In Little House on the Prairie, in Petticoat Junction, The Andy Griffith Show. And the first time it was heard on TV was in from 1932. It was a Western movie called The Saddle Buster. Does anybody, has anybody ever heard of Anyone that? Anyone know that A 1932 movie. movie. I mean, wow. that's so old. Wow. And um, it was actually played on guitar by a ranch hand, so he himself sings it, and then all the other ranch hands start singing along. I mean... That sounds so sweet. It does. If we're going to have ranch hands, they should really they be should singing. They should sing. They should be singing together. <laughs> well, I wanted to tell you about the episode that it was on on the Andy Griffiths show. Right. I found the scene. We'll share it for you so that you can watch it. It is from season three. It was the 16th episode, mm. and it's it titled Man in a Hurry. And Andy Griffith is sitting on the porch with a guitar. Don Knotts is sitting next to him. And they're just kind of sitting there relaxing. And Andy Griffith is slowly strumming the guitar. And he starts to sing. He starts to sing The Little Brown Church. Don Knotts, just casually sitting there, starts singing right along with an upper oh. harmony, an upper tenor harmony. Okay. So pretty, but it's... Just quiet and quaint. It's not loud or in your face. And then a third character from the show. This is the character Malcolm Tucker, if you know the show. It was played by another actor named Roger Emhart. He comes out, and what does he do? He lights up a cigarette. <laughs> we don't see that that often. And he's sit standing on the porch looking out at the night, and he's smoking a cigarette. And the two men, Andy and Don Knotts, they're just singing. And the camera kind of pans out and then pans back into the man, and he joins in the song. And Andy and Don Knotts kind of give each other a look like, oh, he's singing too? And the three of them sing together. The funny thing is, is that throughout the show, if you're an Andy Griffith fan, that character of Barney Fife, who's played by Don Knotts, they would constantly like tease him for a singing. It was a, it was a running joke. 
But in this scene, there was none of that. He sang beautifully. Wow. And the trio just sang so nice together. So when I was looking this up, they I just found video after video, people sharing it on YouTube. They'll comment on it and say they, you know, remember this scene or this was a, a beautiful moment in TV history, I read. Aww. Yeah. Well, someone said that it is the greatest recorded moment on television. Uh-huh. So you have to see it. And I have to tell you that I watched it. And teared up a little bit. Wow. Yeah, it was just, there's something about it. Okay. We'll definitely share it. Now, it's interesting. In 1997, Andy Griffith himself released his own musical album. Right. He released his album. He called it Just As I Am, 30 Favorite Old Time Hymns. And Little Brown Church is on that one. So for a song that, you know, really isn't sung in church, it's certainly been around and made its impact whether it's on old TV shows or old movies. Mm-hmm. We need to hear from people whether they whether or not they know I know. It. I'm so curious. Like, yeah. you know, the people at our church who seem to know all the yeah. hymns. Yeah. You know, we have to ask them, we do you know this mom one? mom and dad. Yeah. So we've grown to love this hymn. Yeah. Thank you, Margaret. Yeah. We loved learning about and hearing it in all its different ways. Mm-hmm. It's really amazing. Mm-hmm. Now we got to figure out where it came from, Care. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, you mentioned briefly William Savage Pitts. I mean, it's kind of an unfortunate name. I mean, William Savage Savage Pitts. He was born on August 18th, 1830 in Lums Corners, town of Yates, Orleans County, New York. Wow. Yeah. Now, he was the son of Puritans, and he was the eighth of nine children. He had musical ability from a very early age. He took formal music lessons, and when his family moved to Wisconsin at the age of 19, he actually became a music school teacher in his new hometown. He taught at singing schools. He taught for brass bands, and I think this is fantastic. He would write and arrange the music for the brass bands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, in 1857, he traveled to Fredericksburg, Iowa. He was supposed to go to Iowa to visit his fiancée, Anne Eliza Warren. He's 27 years old, visiting his fiancée, and he has a horse-drawn carriage. It's a long ride from Union, Wisconsin to Fredericksburg, Iowa, and he stops. He rests for a bit in Bradford, Iowa. He walked across a field and saw this picturesque wooded valley formed by the Cedar River. Now, viewing the spot, this empty, empty, no people around spot, he imagined that it was a perfect location for a church. And he couldn't get this image out of his head. He just pictured the church. And I imagine he pictured the church bells ringing. Yes, yes. And like resounding through the valley. Now, when he returned home to Wisconsin after visiting his fiancée, who he ended up marrying, um, he actually wrote out the words. He wrote out these wor- this poem, Church in the Wildwood. And he just wrote it for himself. He never published it or anything, but he just put it aside and kind of forgot about mm-hmm. it. In 1862, he eventually was married, and he was living in Union, Wisconsin. So they decide to go back to Fredericksburg to take care of the wife's elderly parents. Mm-hmm. So the same route he traveled to get to Iowa, he decides to make this pit stop. Oh, Pit stop. <laughs> pit stop. His name is Pitts. <laughs> Pitts Pitt made a pit stop. Um, and he came upon that little area that he saw before that inspired his poem. And guess what? Right in the location, there was a little church being built. Right then and there. It wasn't finished yet. It was being built, and it was being painted brown. Mm -hmm. Now, he started talking to people. When did this happen? How did this happen? He envisioned this church. He told them about his poem. He he said, look, I, I pictured this church. I wrote this poem. And so the church leaders actually talked to him. They wanted him to bring his own choir to the dedication and sing this beautiful dedication song. So in 1863, he wrote the music. He taught it to his choir. And that was the first time the song was sung in public. And it was for the very specific Little Brown Church now, I read a little bit about this building process. Okay. So these Puritans 
were meeting and gathering, and they didn't have a church building. They were meeting in offices. They were meeting in people's homes. And then they decided that they wanted their own place to worship. Mm. So a family that was worshiping with them gave them the property. Um, In 1860, the foundation was laid, but it kind of stood empty for a while because the Civil War kind of interrupted it. Literally, the families in the church gave everything. One family gave the trees that eventually became the lumber. Another family donated the sawing, the actual work of it. Um, In 1862, the building was enclosed and no one had spent one penny. Wow. Yeah, yeah, they did. And so it was important for them to save money. And so they went to this paint manufacturing. It was called the Ohio Mineral Paint. And they said, we want the cheapest paint that would protect it from the elements. And so they, it was brown. They, yeah. they took it. They took it because they wanted to save money. And in doing so, they became the little brown church that he wrote about. Amazing. Now, he stays in Fredericksburg. He builds his life there with his wife, Anne. They live there for 44 years together. They have five children, Nellie, Grace, Alice, William, and Kate. Mm. And he becomes the mayor for seven years. He's a school treasurer for 26 years. He wrote a biographical local history. He was a master Freemason. He totally was invested in this town. Mm -hmm. He eventually traveled to Chicago to go to medical college and he became a doctor. So he was a practicing physician for the rest of his life. Wow. Now this area in Iowa ended up going into disrepair. And this is the way things happened in America. The railroad um, track that that was built didn't have a stop there. So it passed right through it. There was a huge flour mill that was built in a neighboring town. So all these other towns grew and Bradford dwindled in size. And so unfortunately in 1888, the church building closed. And in the 1900s, someone decided to start a society for the preservation of the Little Brown Church. And by 1914, services were back being held again. Oh, good. Yeah. So it did close. I mean, and I just feel like that's such a story of God's right. faith, too. You might think, oh, all of that, this beautiful hymn, and they're closed. But God wasn't finished with that church yet. Right. So after World War One, the highways were improved. They weren't relying on the railroad trains anymore and so cars brought visitors and people came to see it and when a school superintendent and a merchant's daughter were married at the church a new tradition was started they would ring the bell Carrie to pronounce blessings on the new couple and then what do you know everyone wants to be married in the little brown church I mean I'm sure the weather wax quartet helped too but they have 200 weddings a year that's four a week people come from all over they have 40,000 visitors a year to visit the church in 1988 the bell tower was restored oh, good. love to hear that and in 2000 they were able to build a new foundation and they are now completely handicap accessible and they have air conditioning Wow. From this little brown church. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. And so when Margaret says it reminds her of God's faithfulness, it God has been faithful mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. All right. So where's our captain? Because we might end up at the little brown church. This is your captain speaking. <laughs> I would love that. I mean, we could get to Bradford, Iowa. So if we decided to take this ultimate road trip, it would take us from Boston Um, About 20 hours driving straight. Oh my gosh, I thought it was closer. Now, unfortunately, we could take a plane, but there's no direct flight. So it's we're going to have some stops. It's probably going to take us six hours. I mean, I see right there, it could take 18 hours. You might as well drive. Because you have to stop so many times. Three stops. Yeah. 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 But, you know, the prices, I mean, a flight for 300 bucks. You could do that. Do you want to go? Let's go to the little crowd church. <laughs> so I wondered what else we could do in Iowa. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If we're going to see the little brown church in Bradford, and we could go to Fredericksburg, mm-hmm. where where our guy lived mm-hmm. and was a physician and the mayor and all that. Yes. What else? Well, I went to the little brown church website. They have church every week still. Um, they end every Sunday morning service singing this song. Oh. Still to this day, every service 
they sing it. I went to their website. It's, they're wonderful. They say that they're a small country church living out our hearts for God, training our homes for service, and sharing our heritage with the world. Wow. Mm -hmm. The pastor there is named Drew McComb, and he's from Scotland. Nice. Yes. Him and his wife are both established singers. They love using music in their ministry. And he is quite often the tour guide. You can go and get an hour and a half tour of the church, and they ask for a $5 donation per person. Let's do that. I would love to do and that. we can bring them our new Hymn Talk Twin Talk mugs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we would just donate this and the $5. <laughs> now, get this. If you take the tour with them, you can... You will get a tour. You will include the history of the church. You'll get some wedding stories. You'll get a tour of the building. Um, you'll sing the song together. There's, they say that there may even be a surprise or two. I wonder what that is. I wonder. And a pianist who's traveling with you would be invited to play the piano at the church and accompany the singing of the Little Brown, Little Brown church. church. And they sell a few souvenirs. And the Women's Fellowship would even provide a meal for your tour group for a small fee. Come on. <laughs> Doesn't that sound amazing? So then, we so I was like, okay, go. okay, okay. So if we go all the way to Bradford, Iowa, what else are we doing? Well, on the website of the Little Brown Church, they have recommendations. Sure. Excursions. Places to eat. Highly recommended. <laughs> Subway. Subway <laughs> and one other restaurant called Dave's Restaurant. <laughs> I go to Dave's. Well, Dave has a Facebook page. We I want to tag him because I mean, how Subway? many people? <laughs> I actually love Subway, <laughs> and my husband really doesn't. But I love Subway. I love watching them make it. Okay, that's kind of funny because I don't like Subway. I love Subway. You they they make it right in front of you. You tell them what you want. Oh no, more of that, less of that. Mm -hmm. I like that. When I also to, like when they toast the buns. <laughs> <laughs> when you go to a sub shop, they they're often behind this like frosted glass or you can't see them make it. Why are they hiding? <laughs> Subway, it's all out in the open. Okay. No nothing being hidden there. All right. So after anyway. if the women's fellowship doesn't feed you when you're there at the Little Brown Church, you can go to Subway or Dave's. Or Dave's. Yeah. I'd say Dave's. Okay. Now there's other attractions that are there. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. Yeah. There is Charles City, which is about 12 miles of the from the church, and it has the site of the first tractor built in <laughs> Iowa. Okay. There's also, you can visit the Carrie Chapman Cat Girlhood Home. She was a key leader in the American women's suffrage movement. Oh, cool. Yep. And so you can visit her home. It's 10 miles from the church, but it is by appointment only. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you can call while you're at Dave's and be like, can we make an appointment for an hour? The other thing that I would love to go and visit while we're there, it's about 50 miles away. Oh, it's the Beely Clocks Museum. Is it like clocks? Yes, it's clocks. It's B-I-L-Y, but it's pronounced Beely. Okay. <laughs> it's closed for the season, so it won't open until May 1st. Okay. But that's okay. It features hand-carved 10 and 12 foot clocks made by the Beely brothers between 1913 and 1940. You will see a replica clock of the Little Brown Church. You will also see an American pioneer history clock, which Henry Ford offered $1 million for. Yep. On the second floor of the Beely Museum is an Antonin Dvorak exhibit. Oh. And it has been a favorite attraction of young and old for many, many years. Did Dvorak live there? Apparently, Dr. Antonin Dvorak, world-famous musician and composer, came to spend the summer of 1893 in Spillville, Iowa. Wow. While he was there, he composed the widely known piece, American Quartet, and it is said that he found the inspiration for humoresque, which was later written. Now, on the second floor of this Beely Clock Museum, there's so all sorts of historical artifacts, as well as some written material yeah. of his when he was living there. Oh. Also on display are harmoniums. What's that? Do you know what that is, Karen? I, I feel that? like I do. It's a type of piano, isn't well, it? Well, they just they compared it to a pump organ. Oh, okay. A pump organ. Okay. And apparently he played that pump organ when wow. he was there. All right. Yeah. So we could go to the Dvorak exhibit. So 
we need some people from Iowa to chime in, talk to us on social media, invite us mm-hmm. to Dave's restaurant. We can <laughs> all have coffee. Yes. And then go to church at the Little Brown Church. It's so interesting, though. The Little Brown Church, I mean, we'd like to say that that building, like, was the inspiration, but it, like, really wasn't. It wasn't. It came after. So the pastor, Pastor McComb, has a quote that he wrote that's on the website. Anyone can see it. So this is actually there. Oh, yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. He says, the song was written before the church was built, and we do sing the song at the end of every Sunday service. In a sense, we were birthed by a song, and worshiping the Lord in music and song remains a vital part of our worship service. Perfect. Yeah. So I still think it begs the question, yes. what is the chur- the thing from his childhood? He says in his lyrics... No place is so dear to my childhood. So William Savage Pitts wrote those lyrics, but the sweet memory of his childhood, that's not the Little Brown Church in Bradford, Iowa, because it it wasn't there. No, and later on he said there wasn't a Brown Church. It was just the area. But I just have to think that there was something in that area that reminded him of his childhood. Why include that line? And the same way that... You know, William Pitts approached this with just nostalgia and sentimentality. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what Margaret is talking yes. about. I mean, it's the same thing. And when you talk and you approach people and talk to them about the hymns that are their favorite, it's always this sweet, dear moment from childhood. Mm-hmm. So we gave ourselves a little bit of a homework assignment before today's episode. She gave it to me. I did not come up with this idea. <laughs> you mean you could take credit for it? So we we should have a sound for homework. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the teachers like on the yeah. chalkboard. So through my research, you guys, I kind of fell in love with the song and I fell in love with the story and I fell in love with this town in Bradford, yes, Iowa. I mean, clearly. it just sounds so sweet. Right. So I thought... We do dabble in songwriting. We've written songs for our kids, our students. So we took the tune of the Little Brown Church, and instead of it being about a place that is dear to Pitts's childhood, we decided to write about a place that is dear to us, and our we, childhood. Our childhood. And we said we're not going to tell each other what it is. Nope. So this nope. is um, a surprise to each other. Mm-hmm. I don't know what she wrote about, nope. and she doesn't know what I wrote about. I love mine. Mine is a very dear place to me. I have to tell you that I'll be disappointed if we pick the same one. How is that even possible? Well, we had the same childhood. <laughs> we did have the same childhood. Okay, I'm I, trying to I, move I, this okay, so she I can't see. see. I don't want to see. I just want to look. Well, you don't li- look then. Yeah. I'm not going to okay. look. Homework assignment. Yes. Write your own song inspired by a spot from your childhood to the tune of Little Brown Church. Okay. There's a place in Methuen with an organ, a hall full of music and might. We sang and we acted and we had such fun, mostly old operas that were light. Oh, come, come, come. Come, come to come, the place come, with come, the organ. Oh, come to the place full of might. No spot is so dear to my childhood as the music filled hall so bright. <laughs> How was that, Karen? Okay, so when we talked about the spot from our childhood. I mean, we. I feel like I had that idea, too. Okay. The Organ Hall. Um, this is the Methuen Memorial Music Hall. We've talked it on about it on other episodes. It was really near and dear really to us. We to walk us. in even now, and, you yeah. know, it's like, oh, all these memories. We were both married there. Mm-hmm. It, and I actually said, I don't want to pick that, because I think you will. Mm-hmm. So that's so funny. Yeah. Okay, are you ready for mine? Yes. Okay, mine? <laughs> all right, don't look. There's an old quaint house in the valley. You can swim in the pool in the yard. No place is so dear to my family where we'd sit for hours playing cards. Oh, come, 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 and taste all the delicious food. Come, 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 come. The meat 
meatballs, the sauce, and farfalle. You'll be full with lots of gratitude. <laughs> I actually have a second verse. Oh, you do? I thought we were doing more. No. All right, I have to do the next one. Ready? Okay. No idea how she did all that cooking in a pantry, the smallest you've ever seen. But everything was always yummy looking. You could eat by the washing machine. Oh, Gary, we could eat by the washing machine. Okay, so you, when did you figure out what I was singing about? Um, when you said a quaint house in the valley. Okay, so this was our grandparents' house. It was actually in Methuen, where we, where my father grew up. Right, but it was the other side of town. And it was called the valley. Right. And we would visit not only my grandparents, but we would visit my grandmother's sister, yep. my grandfather's sister. There were cousins and second Everybody cousins. Everybody lived in the valley. Yeah. When my parents moved to the other side of town, I mean, you would have thought they moved to, like, <laughs> Iowa. Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my grandparents had... A pool in the backyard. Oh my gosh, so and we fun! Would always play cards. They had the tiniest like kitchen area, it was pantry, literally like a closet. I mean, my closet is bigger than that. Yeah. that kitchen. But then it opened up to like where the table was, where we would all eat. That was nice and big. But right. like the cooking area was really tiny. And right where the dining, the kitchen table was that we would all eat was the washing, washing machine and dryer. Washer and dryer. Yeah. So you just had that right there so during dinner. I, I loved putting that. You could eat by the washing machine because mm -hmm. that's what we did. Mm -hmm. I loved my grandparents' house. Yeah, I that's mean, it awesome. Was, wasn't that cute? That's great. That's great. Two really special places. Yeah. So let us know if you want to rewrite the words to, to Pitts' hymn, <laughs> what place would you write about? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I think this has just been so much fun. And the fact that we're talking about memories and nostalgia, even like talking about Nunner and Grampy's house, mm -hmm. I mean, there's just a lot of sweet, sweet memories. I found this Christian musician named Tim Harper from Louisville, Kentucky, and he has an album that he recorded called Hymns of Worship, Tim Harper Music. And I think he does a great job. He sings, he plays guitar, he does a little acapella. We can hear Tim Harper perform Little Brown Church. But what I think is most exciting is what Tim Harper does when he's not recording CDs. He wants to connect with his audience. He says he wants to touch their hearts. Mm. He was an entertainer. He's traveled all over the world. Norway, Sweden, Spain, Bermuda. I mean, he's been all over. He says music truly is the universal language. Now, in 2015, he, I think he still is an entertainer, but he really decided to focus his efforts to help and reach those who are suffering from Alzheimer's and dementia. By the end of 2018, he had done over 700 hours of live programs wow. in long-term care facilities oh. to find what music works best. Now, he would perform for these Alzheimer's patients and dementia residents, and he found the techniques that he used to connect with an audience also worked for memory care. And he really picked the hymns that seemed to resonate with the residents the most. And he picked the hymns for this CD. Now, we're going to share all his information. You can buy his CD on Amazon. He's also on Pandora and Spotify and Amazon Music. I just love what he's doing. And, you know, it took me right back to being at our own grandmother's bedside and singing hymns with her. Yes, And she absolutely. Was, had suffered from dementia. And she maybe didn't even know who we were in that moment. But she sang the hymns. We love what Tim Harper is mm -hmm. doing. What a gift to connect people with the hymns of their childhood, the hymns of they, that they love, and glorifying God. We love it. So this is Tim Harper singing and playing The Little, Little Brown, Brown Church. Come to the church in the wildwood. Oh, come to the church in the vale. No spot is so dear to my childhood. As a little brown church in the Vale How sweet on a clear Sabbath morning To list to the clear ringing bell The stones so sweetly are calling Oh, come to the church in the Vale 
share all his information with you. So, Kelly, we're pretty much done. Do you want to talk about him take? Yes, sure. All right. I mean, I have a him take. All right, let me hear it. I love when we're talking about bells. I mean, I feel like those bells from from I heard the bells <laughs> on Christmas Day from yes. We are the, the bells. bells. Yes, yes. I love when we're talking about the church and we're talking about those bells. So, in verse 3, how sweet on a clear Sunday morning to list to the clear ringing bell, mm. telling you to come to church. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about yours? My hymn take is really just from the very beginning of this song, come to the church, come to church. And I, I just think that's what we should be doing. We should be inviting people to church, whether it's the little brown church or the big brick one or the one that's in the center of the shopping mall. We need to be inviting people to church. And probably even more important, we need to get back to church. We need to get back to church. So if maybe this just reminds you of what church used to be like, how you've been away from it, and that it's time to come back. I like that. Let's go to church. Let's go. Thank you so much for being here, for listening. Thank you, Margaret, for yes. bringing this hymn to our attention. Yes. I don't think we ever would mm -mm. have done it. Mm -mm. Um, and please bring your request to us yeah. because we're open for anything. Yeah, we just did the Little Brown Church from the Andy Griffith Show. That's right. <laughs> and also, we're going to be sharing about our big giveaway. And yes. you will get a little silver church. I mean, it's not brown, but. <laughs> a little charm. You'll get a CD by Raluca. You'll get William Long's new book, Hymns of Note, Volume 2. We're going to do a big special giveaway for episode 51 follow us on social media if you haven't yet we're all there posting all of this yep. so you'll be able to see it all all right you guys we'll see you next time episode 52 will be out in two weeks all right bye bye